Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Sarah Mandel is the author of Little Earthquakes, a memoir, which I absolutely loved and actually have become Instagram friends and buddies and in-person friends too with with Sarah since reading her book and going to the launch of it um, at Shakespeare in New York and then having her come to this author luncheon I hosted. And I just have so much respect for her and I know she's still going through a hard time um, health-wise and so I'm sending her all the amazing vibes that there are in the world. And um, I'm just forever in her corner and I hope that you all enjoy our conversation. Sarah is a licensed clinical psychologist based in New York City. She received her doctorate, a PsyD from Rutgers University and a BA in studio art from Bard College. She lives in Manhattan with her husband and two daughters. 
<laughs> Welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Little Earthquakes, a memoir. Thank you for having me. Of course. Your story was so powerful. As you know, I've, you know, been such a fan and, um, you know, I, I just, my heart goes out to you so much for everything you went through and that you wrote about it and did, you know, like there's just so much here all mixed up and it's a beautiful story anyway. So thanks. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Sibby. And thank you for coming to my launch last week. That just meant the world to me that you showed up. (laughs) You've been such a supporter of the book. And I just, it really is such an honor. And, you know, when I brought this thing out into the world, I just hoped that it would resonate with people. And the fact that it's resonated with you has been really, wow, it's been really special for me. So thank you. Well, I was like kind of mortified by my kids. Behavior. Oh. We were, you know, it was like late. I was. They were not. I. I love to bring them to book events at night when I know they're around. But I don't know. It was one of those nights, and I was just like, "Please, just please, both of you, come on." <laughs> anyway, uh, so I couldn't stay. I think we've we've all been there. <laughs> not stay as long as I wanted to. But I'm like, you know what? We're not just. We're just not going to do this. So anyway, That's okay. That's okay, we we get it. We're we're all mothers. We get it. <laughs> okay, so please tell listeners a little about what your what your memoir is about, and and when you decided that the journey you had gone through. I, I I shouldn't use the word journey. The experiences you'd gone through that you would write about it as a memoir. Like when did it take book shape in your head versus just life shape? So all of that. Okay. That's a lot. I'll I'll try and (laughs) I'll try and bring it down. So the book is about um, when I was 36 years old and I was working in my practice as a clinical psychologist and I was pregnant with my second child, Sienna, who is healthy and spunky and doing great. And I found a lump in my breast, assumed both me and my OB. GYN assumed that it was a milk duct that was clogged. And I went to the doctor to get it checked out and and maybe drained to help reduce any complications with breastfeeding after the birth. Of course, this lump was not related to breastfeeding or a duct issue. It was breast cancer. And I found out several hours before giving birth to Sienna that this was stage four breast cancer, metastatic breast cancer. And it was in my back and it was an absolutely (laughs) terrifying, traumatic experience. I was bringing life into the world and didn't know if I was going to be around to raise this baby and take care of my now nine-year-old. But then after three months of treatment, I got another PET scan and the PET scan came back clean and there was no evidence of disease, which is called MED. I was considered a super responder. This is like an an almost unheard of response to treatment. And it was as if I'd I'd been given this new (laughs) opportunity to live and everyone was celebrating around me and crying with joy and relief. And I felt nothing. I felt nothing. I felt guilt because I felt nothing. Um, Because here there were so many other 
women with this disease who would just do anything to get this kind of response. And I, and I felt nothing like what a betrayal to these women, but I really was so traumatized and in this dissociated state that I was separate from my body. I didn't feel like I was in the room when I was hearing this news from my oncologist and this kind of state of dissociation stayed with me for months. And I didn't really get insight into this process that was going on for me until one day I was lying in bed and I was just staring up at the ceiling for hours and hours and not thinking, not feeling, not sensing anything, feeling like I had completely lost my sense of self. And I realized, oh my God, I'm really, I'm really traumatized. And this is what I did for a living was working with, with patients who had significant traumas. And I thought, well, maybe I can apply the treatment that I've worked on with my patients to myself. And it's this type of narrative therapy where you go back and it's kind of like an archaeological dig. You like try to piece together all of the memories of the traumatic event and face the most you know, gruesome, terrifying details and create a narrative with a beginning, middle and end. And you read it and you read it aloud and you, you kind of, you habituate to it. It's a form of exposure. And I thought, okay, maybe I need to do this for myself. So sort of like out of desperation to wake myself up from this state of complete numbness and being in a fog, I started to write and I just, the words just tumbled out onto the page And very soon I had this trauma narrative that I had written, but I realized I wasn't fully healed yet from the trauma and that I had more to write. And I grappled with what to do with that. I remember sitting on my terrace with my husband and saying like, what do I do now? (laughs) Like, I'm done with the trauma narrative, but I still feel like there's more, there's more for me to do. So I wrote a chapter about that (laughs) and then then I started writing in the present about the unfolding of, you know, living with a chronic illness, but also it became a story about trauma recovery and about finding my new self again, about finding trust in my body again, things that had been annihilated and had to be rebuilt over time and over new experiences. And now, you know, I have this book that started as a a true experiment in self-healing that was not meant to be read by others. But once I got to 200 pages and like read the book, I thought, you know what, this, this this may be a book. This may be a book for other people. And I think it really is at its like most basic it's a it's a book about how how we can manage the inherent uncertainty of being humans and grappling with the unknown and navigating life circumstances that come our way that we had no preparation for that come out of the blue does that answer your question <laughs> yes this is a okay. show for you there's no right or wrong answer 
it's just a chance for you to talk about your book and and all of that. So yes, it does. It's funny because it explains some of the more sort of not self-referential, but like the meta chapters where you're talking about writing. You know, when, you yeah. Know. So um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You know, it's interesting because in memoir you still have like a protagonist and characters. It's just yourself and your family, right? So I, mm-hmm. I feel like the character of your husband in particular was so well drawn. And I actually, it brought tears to my eyes in the beginning when you had called him to tell him about your diagnosis. And he had been on his way to Arizona and without even asking, he just got right on another flight and headed right home. I don't know, it's still yep. the just- <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so- Tell me a little bit more about him, about how this has like affected both the book, like having this be public, I guess, in particular, mm-hmm. and, and um, how this whole thing has affected a marriage, because that's another thing, not to delve into your complete private life. You don't have to go into the, the details, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Just like this, this he's a character too. I sort of wanted a PS on him and you yeah. together, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've really tried to thank him and also honor him because this book is really our story so I feel like it's our it's our book and Mm -hmm. you know he's a lot more private than I am and he really gave me the permission to write about our story and that's a big deal I mean there's some like very poignant and romantic and um beautiful vignettes of our relationship in the book but there's also you know there's some arguments <laughs> that can get a little can get a little testy and that's marriage i mean that's that's the reality of being in a relationship but i think he's been incredibly generous in terms of letting me put our relationship out there for the benefit of other couples and other people who are navigating a trauma in their relationship because it's really hard. And ma- I mean, marriage is hard no matter what, but you throw a trauma into a marriage and it gets that much more difficult. He's been great. He's super excited about, about the book and giddy. And he used to work in publishing way back when. So this is all really fun for him to see that I'm writing a book. And for years, he, he had told me, like after I wrote my dissertation and grad school he's like you've got to get this published and you need to write a book and <laughs> so this is kind of his dream come true that I have a book now <laughs> that's out but yeah it is complicated it is complicated and we've talked about like you know what is it like for for people to know these intimate details of our lives and for me as a psychologist this is a huge shift because with my patients, I was, sometimes I would disclose a little bit more depending on, on the client, but in general, I was really boundaried and I'm not boundaried <laughs> in this book. I mean, you know a lot about me, Sibby. <laughs> so yeah, it's, but I think given what I can do now, you know, I'm not seeing my patients, unfortunately, in my practice anymore this is my way to really reach people. And I think being authentic and letting it all be out there is really a way to connect with people on a human level and, you know, validate that what, what we're going through is human and 
it's you're not crazy for having these thoughts or feelings or experiences and you're not alone like mm-hmm. this is this is a this is something we know about there's science here mm-hmm. and i think that can really help in the healing process hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at moonpig.com. moonpig.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know, this whole notion of being boundaried, I understand the value as a therapist. You know, that's like part of the contract. <laughs> you know, right. it's not about your sharing all the time. It, you know, otherwise it would just be friendship, honestly. But, right. you know, my my husband, Kyle, like he, like I used to be very much like, well, this is this person's role and this is my role. And like, no, 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 I'm not supposed to ask so-and-so about their weekend. Like they're this or, you know what I mean? Like, and he was just like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> That they're everybody's just like a person, and I'm like, no, but we're all in all in these roles, and you know, you're not supposed to. Do, and he was, and he's like, yeah, I don't buy that at all. So I'm actually like <laughs> completely moved over to his interpretation, and you know, feeling like a lot of the artificial boundaries don't serve a purpose. Yeah, you know, they just keep us not connecting. But anyway, it sounds obvious, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is what you do. You talk to people and. <laughs> I mean, it would not be much fun if there were boundaries everywhere because you wouldn't really get anywhere. With That's true. That would be very frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of, and we won't talk much about this, but you know, there was a PS at the end of the book where things end up going in a slightly different direction than the way we're expecting as the reader. Did you consider not even adding the afterward? Because I felt like that must have been a big debate yeah. of whether or not to include it. For sure. I did consider not adding it. I mean, I was intending to send out the book before that PS happened in mm-hmm. my life, but then it just seemed so important mm-hmm. and so in keeping with the message of the book that we can manage these really difficult life circumstances and get through them. And I didn't want to shy away from that. Mm-hmm. It felt... it. It felt real and important. And no, I just, I wanted to be me. I wanted to be 
fully me and have the lessons really speak for themselves with that ending piece. Well, I'm glad, you know, the funny thing about memoir and who was, somebody was just saying this, someone far, far wiser than me. I can't remember who it was. Maybe Tara Westover, who I just saw speak. But anyway, saying that like with a memoir, like it's never over. How can you ever mm-hmm. really be done when like things continue to unspool in front of you all the time? But mm-hmm. you have to like, it's that curation of experience and that has all the power in it. So anyway, but complicated <laughs> nonetheless. <Yeah. laughs> did yeah. you did you find you turn to other memoirs of people sort of who've gotten through trauma or cancer treatment or other things or do you eat that type of stuff up or is that not your genre or how do you feel about it? I didn't while I was writing because I was worried that I would be influenced. When I was a little girl, I went to the beach with my parents and there was a British family and the little girl was talking about his spade and a pail. And I came back and I was speaking in a British accent. So I just, <laughs> I, I, I just didn't want to risk doing that in my writing. So I steered clear of memoirs when I was writing my memoir. But after I finished my memoir, I went nuts reading memoirs. And Suleika Jawad, I hope I'm saying her name correctly, her Between Two Kingdoms was the first memoir that I read, which I thought was exquisite. And then I went into a whole big um, Melissa Phoebos obsession, and I love her writing. And Rebecca Solnit. But I read a lot of psychology-based texts still, so I'm reading like existential psychotherapy. I do still consider myself like a, a student and I think reading is so spectacular because you're just always in a student role and always learning. So it's really fun to read all sorts of different things. I just picked up the power broker yesterday, but I'm oh. scared to start it because it's so big and I don't want to miss like all the smaller books <laughs> while I'm reading it. But I'm really excited about that because I watched turn every page, the documentary, which was so amazing. Wow. Yeah. But I know I was, uh, I had keep some books on this little library cart right outside my office here. And I had the new Abraham Verghese's the Covenant of Water, Burgess, mm-hmm. and then also John Irving's The Last Chairlift. And between the two of them, that's like 1,500 pages. So okay. I was like, this could, you could read like six books right, or two, but you know, how many books right. could you read? Or I don't know. I thought it was, it was funny. Yeah. But, you know, there's something to be said for the long, for the deep dive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. At the beginning of the book, by the way, you talked about someone called Hannah who was like mm. a model, sort of very cool person. Mm-hmm. And in my mm-hmm. head, I was wondering because, and I'm sure it's not the same, but I was like convinced this was like a really good friend of mine who <laughs> was going through treatment. <laughs> I was like, I should just send her a picture of my friend and see if that's who it was. <laughs> who knows? It's who possible. Knows? Yeah. yeah, I changed her name. I She was absolutely stunning on the outside and on the inside and just beamed positivity. And she really just represented hope to me. And, you know, I was just so happy to have a visual of that, something to hold on to, that there was something beyond the crisis days 
that looked luminous, that Mm -hmm. looked healthy, that looked happy. Because in the crisis days, it's terror and it's just putting one foot in front of the other. But she gave me kind of a guidepost to work towards. And I've never seen her again. I don't, you know, I don't know where she is or if I'll ever hear from her. But wow, what a powerful moment to be able to to find somebody who can really ground you and how you want to go about this challenging life experience. It's great to have role models in the weeds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't look as cool as her, but I could, I could <laughs> smile. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, do you have any advice for either people trying to write memoir about a painful thing or, well, yeah, why don't we start? Why don't we do that? I know you wrote it mostly at first to, for yourself, but still like what pieces of advice? to share? Well, as a psychologist, I can't help but advise being ready. Like there's a, there's a kind of readiness, I think that's important when you start to write about your trauma so that it doesn't overwhelm you and become, you know, really triggering um, and and debilitating in, in itself, the writing. So those are skills that you can learn in therapy or, you know, I, I talk about at the final portion of my book about ways to work on like learning about your emotion states, Mm. learning about trauma and its symptoms. So you're not kind of mystified by what's going on and you can compassionately say, okay, oh, this is going on for me right now. That's okay. This is the trauma. I can let it in. Mm -hmm. I don't have to fight it. I don't have to think, oh my God, you know, I'm really weird. And this is, you know, this has to stop right now. Let it, you know, come and let it pass. You can let it in and then let it go. Once you feel that sense of readiness and maybe, you know, with a therapist on the side or a therapist working with you directly, you can start to write about your past and, you know, how we do it in narrative therapy is you just write down kind of the chapter headings mm-hmm. of, you know, what, what were the most kind of salient parts of the trauma. And then you just add a little bit more text underneath kind of like a paragraph and then you go into the outline and flush it out and and really look for the sensory emotional thinking patterns that were going on for you in in those moments and and bring it to to life because a lot of those experiences have been muted because of that dissociation that is totally adaptive mm-hmm. that kicks in when you're really, really scared, mm-hmm. but you can find it. You can find it. And when you start writing, it starts to open up that part of the brain that has kind of shut down those memories. And you can just get this kind of floodgate of information that pours out of you, which is what happened with me too. But to be gentle with yourself and to know when you need to stop and take breaks and to really lean on a professional if you need help doing this work, because it can be a lot. Yeah. It can be a lot. Sarah, thank you for sharing all of your experience. I'm really rooting for you on so many levels right now. So thank you. Congratulations. Hang in there. And yeah, thank you for your book. Thank you so much, Sibby. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 